Hi, I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are the Russian Sisters. Welcome to our podcast. A show we created to talk about hard things. And also to bring some levity to your lives. Alexandra is a mom and occupational therapist. And Anna is a school counselor. And together we share our life stories. And crazy adventures. We aim to make you smile. And let you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. Enjoy our latest episode from The The Russian Russian Sisters. Sisters. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. And welcome back to another episode. You didn't know you'd get a musical today, did you? I have to tell you what, I don't know if I mentioned this before, so if I did, bear with me. But one of my students, his mom teaches voice lessons, and I unabashedly was like, where are you guys? And turns out she's not very far away from me, like geographically. And I was like, does she have a card? And he said, yeah. So a couple days later, he was like, hey, miss, I have my mom's card for you. And um, he brought it in. And then she happened to call about something completely different. And then when that phone call was done, I was like, can I ask you a personal question? And she said, sure. And I said, so I've actually been thinking about voice lessons for a very long time. And um, she was like, yeah, I don't have space right now because holidays, um, but potentially in the new year, I might have an opening. And I was like, and she's like, I could keep you in mind for then. And I said, would you? And she said, yes. And I was really giddy because I was like, wow, one of the things I, like that I would do for me could actually be up and coming soon. That's fantastic. That's what we call a manifestation. And that you called that in because you did tell me recently because I said, oh, there are two things I'd like to do, which is to play piano again and learn Spanish. Well, learn more Spanish. I mean, but I think that's amazing. And look at that. All you needed to do was say, at some point, I'd like to do some voice lessons and voila. I know. It was like a 10-year manifestation in the making. I'm sorry. 10 years? (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Because it was- I didn't realize that for 10 years- (laughs) I would have encouraged you sooner to do some action for this one, but no, I think, I think I needed right time because I know people, I have known people over the years who have been taking voice lessons and for whatever reason, the timing was just never right. But for like, again, for whatever reason, the ping, the push, the universe, the whatever, the God was finally like here, here, it is time. Yeah. That's amazing how Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're pretty excited about it. I think I am. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. I do sense though, and I know we have some November facts to get into. However, I have sensed that another student of yours may have had some information he or she had shared with you this week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. So the other day I was doing my lunch duty in the cafeteria and a student calls me over, Miss Gazzetti, Miss Gazzetti. And so I go on over and I'm like, what's up, kid? And um, she's like, I had a dream about you last night. And I was like, okay. And you never know what a kid's going to (laughs) say when they're like, I had a dream with you in it last night. But I was like, do tell, kid. And she's like, in my dream, you cussed because you dropped your pizza. You said the (laughs) F word. And I was like, why? That does not sound like anything I would ever do. Thank you very much. Oh, never. Oh, never. Never. And so then that became a conversation about like professional language at school and like how, right? Like I I told, because the kids at the table, I was like, I definitely try not to cuss at school. So I'm sorry I cussed in your dream. (laughs) 
And this other kid was like, oh, my mom used that language all the time. And I was like, I know. And I'm not like a fool to think that you guys don't hear it or use it outside of school. But right, like there's always a time and a place. And just like I try not to cuss at school, we ask that you guys also try and watch your language when you're at school and use a more professional vernacular. I did not use the word vernacular, but just threw that in right now because it sounds smarter. <laughs> so to compensate for the fact that you used a four-letter word in your student's dream. Yeah, that I said, fuck. <laughs> Here's what I think. I think your students place bets on which staff member cusses the most. And I think your name is in the top three. I, you know, I don't think so. I think they think that I'm so pure. (laughs) They're like, she's just so nice. She would never say words like that outside of school unless it's in my dreams about pizza. That's right. Yeah. Miss G would never because, I mean, she dresses up for spirit week And she makes sure that her door is decorated nicely. So she could never say anything upsetting after she drops pizza on the floor. Yeah, Misty, I mean, like dropping pizza on the floor is definitely a call for cussing because that is a calamity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But otherwise, yeah, I just thought it was hysterical. So then after she tells me this, like later in the day, I was talking with another teacher um, about whatever, and I was dropping F-bombs, funny enough. (laughs) And I was like, I'm really sorry. I try not to do this during the school day. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, so-and-so just told me it at lunch that they had a dream about me cussing because I dropped my pizza. And the teacher was like, I know. She told me that this morning. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I really need to connect with you and let you know that this dream happened. But here you are. And I was like, yeah. It's, I don't know why she would think I would cuss about pizza. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> there are a lot of other things I could like to cuss about. Mm. I don't know that there's anything I like to cuss about, but it it will happen. But speaking of dreams, I've had some very interesting, over-stressful dreams where clearly there's something unconsciously trying to work its way out. Ooh, do tell. Well, I only get bits and pieces. I'll say I had one weird stress dream, which I went and saw my energy healer, the Reiki master I work with. And she asked me about the dream and it felt really awkward to tell her that I had a dream where I was talking to someone and as I was talking to them, they morphed into a prostitute. Um, what? <laughs> Did you look up that in the dream dictionary? I de- well, how do you, how do you look that? I mean, I was like, I don't even know what words I would put like prostitute, but it wasn't like this person was actively working. It was just, it was very strange. And then um, I had another dream where... No, no, you cannot just roll on to the next dream. I feel like, wait, did, like, yes, you look a prostitute in your dream. And that's just really interesting. I mean, we know that um, that dreams are a lot about emotions and our subconscious and things that our brains are like just trying to work through through the day. So I'm just... And I just interrupted myself. Some people say that if there are other humans in your dream that it is it's like some part of you that is being represented through this other person. So what does that mean about that? I don't know. I mean, I did not look that up in particular. Um, I suppose if you're saying that, I mean, often, you know, I am working in an area at this time that I, that, that does not light me up. And so maybe that's the connection. I have no idea. You know, as I, as you were just saying that and as the words were coming out of my mouth, I'm wondering if there are things that you are doing that you are either feeling taken advantage of or not being compensated appropriately for or that you, right? Like 
that you're doing all this work and um, the value of what you're doing is is not realized. 100%. 100%. So then maybe that's the, that's the lesson there. Then I had this dream. So I have some good friends. I used to, they used to live very close to me. They now have moved to another part of Colorado. And those individuals, um, I became very close with them. We worked together. Um, I would take diving trips with them. They really helped me get better at scuba diving. And I had this dream. So there is a sandwich shop here called Heidi's Deli. And I, in this dream, am talking to my friends who apparently own a Heidi's Deli. What? And I'm telling them in the dream this is what I want. I want to invest into a company that just has some passive income and I don't know where to start. So let me open a sandwich shop. <laughs> so, okay. So that's stress dream number two that I recall, right? I've had a couple nights where I'm just, it's just stress dream one after another. And I just end up like tossing and turning the whole night. And then I wake up and I'm just right. And then tie that to the mom, what you doing? I'm going to the bathroom. Mom, what you doing? I'm just trying to shower. Mom, what you doing? I'm just trying to get my tea. Mom, what you doing? Just putting my shoes on. So it's, it's just been a little tiring. So then stress dream number three. So I'll, I'm going to preface this dream by saying that I still see a therapist who specializes in grief and he's been great. And he recently has been like, we got to graduate Yale. And I'm like, no, no, we don't. Oh. <laughs> no, it's great. I've had so much growth in the last year. And my business coach often tells me, she's like, look at how much growth you've had in the, t- the last two years. Because I will certainly say I've, I've been forced to have to really do the most personal growth in the last two years than I ever have in my whole life. And it's been amazing and hard at the same time. So one of the last things, though, that my grief therapist and I have talked about is really getting down to some of the super deep core beliefs that I have. And one of one of them, especially with the book coming out, happens to be around deservingness and feeling safe. Mm-hmm. And so and I say this because this dream you talk about like dream dictionary. And at first it took me a few minutes of like trying to figure it out. And then so here's the dream. OK, so. I will also preface this by Buddy still, he's toilet trained during the day. He physiologically can sometimes hold it overnight, but it's not necessarily appropriate for a three-year-old to hold his pee overnight. So we kind of graduated out of, I call them sleep diapers. So he knows that it's not something that he can rely on during the day. And because he's gotten so tall, we've had to move to pull-ups. I know a long story, but even sometimes the pull-ups, he is almost like peeing out of. So some mornings I have to double, well, not some, most mornings I have to double check, like, have you peed out of your pull-up? He is a well-hydrated child. And I try, right? Like, that's a big thing. We make sure that we're both drinking lots of water. Um, Although I might be consuming some wine at this time, but it's matched with water. What? So, So in my dream, Buddy comes into my room to cuddle, which is very common in the morning. And he's cuddling with me and I'm like, bud, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of wet. Like we got to get up and get you changed. But at this time four, and I don't know what the significance of the four is, but four guys are outside of my house and they are trying to kind of like, they're not trying to teepee my house, but they're trying to haze it. Right. So they start like kind of 
I don't think they were egging, but they were throwing something at the house and they're like, we're coming to get you kind of thing. But they, at this, at when this is happening, I'm not super fearing for my life. So I'm not feeling that my life is threatened, but at the same time that they're doing this, it's like one of them is symbolizing a friend of Sean's and he's like, we knew Sean, we're coming for you. But it still has like this Halloween-esque hazing feel to it. Taunting. Yeah, taunting is a really good word for it. And so, um, oh my gosh, you guys, like this is so weird because I feel like you're going to go, what is in her psyche? So they're like standing outside my house and they're like making these kind of empty threats about it. But these, um, you know how you can put the battery powered like votive lights into your pumpkins or your lights? Like I have Halloween lights that have them Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So somehow they get those into my windows, like into my windowsills, but it ends up setting my house on fire. So at this point in time, I'm like, now I'm like fighting for the safety or protecting my house. I'm fighting for protecting my son. And then some random chick ends up in my house and I'm like, no, mind you, I will totally admit that I love British (laughs) crime shows and recently was watching like the Jack Reacher show, like the new one and getting into Jack Ryan. So I think there's a mix of this. Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan? There's both. Oh. Yeah. They're two different, completely two different characters. Are they both like need to watch shows? They're... I. I mean, if you like those kind of like mysteries, but we're going to fight people kind of like Jack Ryan is a CIA agent. Jack Reacher is a former military guy who's trying to solve a murder. I remember watching Jack Ryan and that's the dude from The Office. What's Correct. his face? Um, Krasinski. Yep. John. There you go. Yeah. I was like which, Jim, but it's not Jim. <laughs> it's John. Which, yeah. which is funny because a nickname for John is Jack. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently, just a total side note, and I didn't know this, but he has now um, been in two movies with his wife, and apparently, like, they both have said it's been an amazing experience for the two of them. So I thought that was cool, because it's not always easy to work with your spouse. I love that for them. Do you know who his spouse is? No. Oh, Emily Blunt. So Mary Poppins. Oh, that's fantastic. How adorable. But they were not in Mary Poppins together. It's like some crazy, like, um, scary movie. Is she British? Yes. Uh, you know, Devil Wears Prada. She's also in that. I know. I just love the accent. Yeah, right? Hence why I like the British shows. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, my point is, so now all of a sudden I'm like fighting this chick who's in my house. And I'm like, you need to get out. And the house, like the it being on fire is not super serious. Like Buddy, at this point in time, he's not with me. Okay, you guys, here's where you're going to go. What the heck? At the end of it, like this chick disappears, the guys disappear. My house is kind of in ruins. So like stuff is just strewn everywhere. Um, Furniture is flipped over. Things just look like a mess. Like there's been some sort of altercation. Um, And then for whatever reason, I'm in the bathroom and (laughs) I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Um, I did not look this up in the dream dictionary, but there are pieces of bacon in the toilet. (laughs) I... I'm so elated that I have the dream moods dictionary up right now. (laughs) Well, yes. So here's what I'll say is that 
In my adulthood, and especially since Sean has passed, I have realized that my house has become a symbol of safety and security for me. So even recently, I realized at one point I was saying to myself, oh, well, when I get this project done in my house, I'll feel settled. When I get this project done, there were like two different projects where I was like, when I get these done, I'll feel settled. And then I had to stop myself and go, no, no, no. You're clearly trying to use an external thing to fill an internal void of safety and security. And so I had to stop myself and go, okay, like we need to work on you feeling more safe and secure, trusting yourself that you can be safe and secure. So I totally got that with the house and these guys like trying to challenge the structure of my house. I have no idea about the bacon. <laughs> I don't either, but I'm, I'm really excited to look that up for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, wow. And let me just say that I have to go back to your first dream because I looked at prostitute. Are you ready for this? Because what I said, I thought it meant it doesn't. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys, I will tell you, like for those of you guys listening to when this is for the first time, I am also listening to this for the first time. So Anna has not heard these dreams and I have not heard the interpretation of prostitute. No, and I'm just picking on a few key words that she's mentioned that I'm going to look up. But the first one is prostitute, okay, because a friend of hers turned into one. So to dream that you are a prostitute, and that's not what you dreamt. You dreamt that a friend turned into one. But to dream that you are a prostitute indicates your desires for more sexual freedom or expression and sexual power. You want to be less inhibited and explore other areas of sexuality. Now, let's be honest. As a widow for a little while, your areas in this area ha uh, have not had attention. So it's not surprising to me that in a stress time, this might pop up. Okay, here we go. That was just an honest side note. Perhaps your waking ideology about sex is too rigid. On a negative side, to dream that you are a prostitute suggests that you are harboring feelings of guilt toward a relationship Toothless. You are having difficulties. <laughs> she just knocked her microphone over on that. Um, I was so I was, exacerbated by the fact that she had to say toothless. We'll get to, we'll get to you on. Do you that. say titterpated? <laughs> Pittertated? Exacerbated. Uh huh. We are having wine. You are having difficulties integrating love and sexuality. Alternatively. The dream may be a metaphor suggesting that you are prostituting yourself in some situation. That is what I said about work, either emotionally or morally. Are you selling yourself in some way? Interesting. I'm not done. Okay. Do yeah. Mm -hmm. To see or dream that you are with a prostitute suggests that you are feeling sexually deprived or needy. <laughs> She's chuckling behind the microphone. I'm only, I'm chuckling. <laughs> I'm chuckling. Because not recently, but prior to recently, I've had people ask me about dating and and things of that nature. And I'm just like, I, I don't I don't really want to dive into that at this point in time. So that is pretty hysterical. It'll happen when it happens. Alternatively, the dream is commenting on how you wished that sexual relationships were more simple and straightforward. Don't we fucking all? <laughs> Okay, I also want to look up, this is going to take me a moment, I need to look up the number four, 
So bear with me as this loads. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was weird that I noted that there were four people, but I can certainly move on from that while you're looking up dreams and we nope. can always come back. Nope. I, I just need to get down to the number four. I passed it. Here we go. Fox, Foul Fountain. Oh, um, hmm. I feel like the number four should come in between those things. So while Anna is trying to make sure that she knows how to alphabetically look for things, Mm -hmm. I will say, aside from the dreams that I've had, I had kind of a, this is kind of a quirky, cute experience. So um, I have clients that I go see in their homes. um, I usually work with children who right now are zero to um, just under three years old. And I have one particular client where she lives very close to where Buddy goes to daycare, but the timing doesn't always work. So instead, I'll go to this coffee shop and I will sit there and work for like an hour before it's time for me to go see this client. And the other day I was there and I just had to chuckle, you guys, because this older gentleman came in and he was standing there with someone who was younger So could have been a son. And at first I was like, I don't know really their relationship until I watched them in their interaction, standing in line and waiting to order their coffee. This is something that is so simple. Oh my goodness. They could not be more related. So this older gentleman and this younger, they both were wearing ball caps and the ball caps were the same style. They both, while they were, they both had work gloves tucked into their back pocket of their jeans. And when they were waiting for their coffee, they were both standing there and they both at the same time put their hands behind their back and just stood there politely waiting. One had glasses, one did not. But I could not help but chuckle. They were probably the cutest father or son that I watched. And when they ordered their coffee, I don't know what they ordered, but it was their mannerisms were exactly the same. How they ordered was exactly the same. And I I caught myself staring at them. And then I was like, oh, no, now I'm going to look like the creeper. So I just kept trying to listen to what they were doing. But it, I haven't seen something like that. Like being around um, Sean's older son is like that. Like I, he has the same mannerisms. But when you see it live, I just couldn't help but chuckle. And then they walked out of the coffee shop. But it was just something that I thought was really cute. And there's your story while Anna was looking up dreams. Um, I was totally looking up dreams. So I didn't um, hear if that was real or in a dream. <laughs> no, was that, that was real. Oh, that is really funny. Okay. So dream moods, numerology, the number four. This is cool. Four denotes stability, physical limitations, hard labor, and earthly things, as in the four corners of the earth or the four elements, earth, wind, fire, and water. Interesting. That is interesting. It also stands for materialistic matters and how you get things done. Alternatively, the dream may be a pun on being for a position. Interesting. Now, Mm. here's what gets me, because you mentioned that these people reminded you of Sean's friends. Yeah. In Asian cultures, the number four is a metaphor for death. What? I know. I thought it freaked me out. Oh my goodness. Uh Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? I'm going to try not to cry right now. But yeah, that's amazing. That is so weird. I know. That is amazing and so weird at the same time because I just remember like marking that number. Four. I mean, that's interesting. That is so crazy. Well, and we think about like when we... Um, the, the time 444, isn't it? Like 444 an number. is an angel number. That usually means like your team. Well, I, I think it, my, 
I think 333 is more angels and 444 is more your team, but I'd have to look at that. It's all about your spirit team. I know. I know they set your, I know they set your house on fire, but, um, (laughs) I just find like, that's really fascinating fire. (laughs) Well, especially since like you said, like they, one of them or how many ever of them reminded you of Sean or was like reminiscent of Sean's friends. Yeah. There was one who was, and it was interesting because it wasn't, it wasn't someone who represented Sean's true best friend before he died. It was just someone in the dream who was like a Sean buddy, like someone who knew him. That's very interesting. I know you're looking up more stuff. I have one more thing to say because I forgot. I wrote down some of these crazy dreams. Another one real fast that I had. I'm going to have to wait. Are you saying I have to look up more things? Because now I'm on fire, but I'll hold. Do the fire. Uh But um, before you get to. Well, okay. Do fire first and then I'll tell you what this other thing is. Because it probably is going to count for that numerology. So you'll have to look up the numerology. Fascinating. Okay. So. Fire. Depending on the context of your dream, to see fire in your dream can symbolize destruction, passion, desire, illumination, purification, transformation, enlightenment, or anger. If you are not afraid of the fire and it is under control or contained in one area, then it is symbol of your own internal fire and inner transformation. See prostitute and sexual stuff, (laughs) says Anna. No. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me, honestly, because... I'll be honest with all of you is that with my book um, getting closer and closer to it being published has caused me like there's been so, so many doubts and fears and, and truth be told about, gosh, by the time this airs, it was probably about five weeks prior to this where I was ready to pull the plug on everything. Like I was ready to just say, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go back to my old job. This isn't worth it. I can't do this. It's not secure. And I had several people who, when I said that, who were like, no, no, we would have come like to your house and done an intervention. And so I've been dealing with this inner kind of an inner turmoil over being willing to be vulnerable and seen. So the fact that like that transformation um, keeps, it's come up in several other ways. And so that kind of cracks me up. Okay. So honest to God, I swear to all you listening that Alexandra does not know what I'm about to say. I don't. Has not consulted the dream dictionary. So here we go. If you are not afraid of the fire and it is under control or contained in one area, then it is a symbol of your own internal fire and inner transformation. I said that. Something old is passing and something new is entering into your life. Your thoughts and views are changing. If the fire is encircling you and someone else, i.e. you and Buddy, then it signifies your bond to that person. The two of you share something significant. Duh. The dream may be a metaphor for someone who is fiery. Okay, one more thing before you tell your next dream. And and, then I, and just so you guys know, just a reminder, I'm an Aries. Uh-huh. <laughs> to dream that a house is on fire indicates that you need to undergo some transformation. If you have recurring dreams of your family house on fire, then it suggests that you are still not ready for the change or that you're fighting against the change. I'm hearing you say this was the first time that you've yes. dreamt jumped this. It is. Alternatively, it highlights passion and the love of those around you. That is so crazy because a big part of this whole process, and I keep telling people like I'm in this transition. I've been in this transition since August. I'm not sure what I'm doing. There's all sorts of imposter syndrome. And a, um, a huge part of this has also been people being beside me and saying like, 
keep going where I'm ready to pull the plug and be like, nope, I can't do this anymore. Who, what, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And that's totally the imposter syndrome, but it's so interesting that you say that and how apropos that this ties in to me doing some of that EMDR with my grief therapist (laughs) over deserving and being really open to whatever this opportunity brings. Here, here. Okay. So the last little bit, and you guys, we were not like anticipating we would spend this much time on Alexandra's dreams, (laughs) but the last one, I, I forgot about this one and then saw that I had written this down. I had this dream that I came into my kitchen. Are you guys ready for this? It's so weird how these things happen. I had three microwaves. So I like went, I came into my kitchen to use the one that I primarily use and realized that there were two other microwaves. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, that's weird. Like, why haven't I, why haven't I been using my kitchen to its fullest extent? <laughs> and, and they were all different shapes, different sizes. So like, they're all still like rectangular, but they were all different sizes. They all had different colors and they were all in different places throughout my kitchen. And in my dream, I was like, well, they all have a different purpose. But I was like, why haven't I been tapping into this purpose of using each microwave (laughs) the way I'm supposed to? Oh my gosh, you guys keep listening to our podcast. I promise we're fun. (laughs) All right, Anna, what do you have for the number three? This is fascinating. So I feel like if you have ever dreamt about things in threes, and three is a very special number for me. And I don't know that I dream about the number three, but religiously, like there's a a huge tie, Avi, uh, in the Christian sense to the number three. I thought threes were angels. Is that right? Or Four. No? Four is angels. Mm-hmm. So three. Okay. No, three is Trinity. And um, well, when I got my. No, I, I mean relig- re- religiosity. Yeah. No, not angels. Three is Trinity. And okay. so. Mm-hmm. And when I got my tattoo, it's the only one I have, but I was like, three has just always been a number. And I know it's a lucky number for some people, but I was born on the third. We have like, I'm, there are three children. I have two siblings. So I am one of three. You have like three nieces and nephews. I have two nieces and one nephew. So the three is, the number three is just a very powerful number to me outside of Trinity, But uh, yeah, so that's why I'm always intrigued. Like when three comes up, it's fascinating. But anyway, to dream about something in threes, this is what the Dream Moods Dictionary says. Three signifies life, vitality, inner strength, completion, imagination, creativity, energy, self-exploration, and experience. Three stands for a trilogy, the as in the past, present, and future, or mother. mother. <laughs> That's I'm reading father and mother at the same time. <laughs> father, mother, and child, or body, mind, and soul, right? So that trilogy, body, mind, and soul, um, etc. So whatever three means to you. Dream of the number three may be telling you that the third time is the charm. So I feel like you had one time with toothless you have a second time to go and then the third time is going to be the charm have you ever thought i'd love to have a podcast just like this one well i can help my name is matt cundle and everyone at my company the sound off podcast network had a hand in making this show 
Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. I love that you come back to the dating thing. So I just briefly looked at the numerology. And so I want to say this. The numerology is that um, there's the birth, life, death connection mm, and weird. mind, body, soul connection. Dad is what Dream said also. Yeah. So I, I mean, when... <laughs> I love that you bring it back to dating. <laughs> Third times the charm. Like you're very successful in your professional world. So I don't, I just don't see a correlation there um, because you have your, your hands on a lot of pots and things are going well in your course and your book and this and that. Um, but I'm like, hmm, like how does this tie to, to that place that you dipped your toe in the water? Yes. And I will say this. So um, last year, it was right before uh, the anniversary of Sean's passing, I went and consulted a medium and she was phenomenal. It was so, so absolutely insane. And I don't remember if I, I think I brought it up around dating and she was like, Oh, Sean's been like trying to bring you people and you're not open to it. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm not open to it. Um, and one of the things that she had said, I was like, I don't, I don't want to spend time working through people. (laughs) I know you guys, that sounds horrible. I was like, I just don't want to. And she's like, you're going to have to. And the way that she put it, oh my gosh, are you guys ready for this? This is hysterical. The way she put it is she's like, you're going to have to kiss some frogs before you find your prince. And so I was relaying my first date story to a friend of mine. And I was telling her all of this. Like we were, I've known this friend for a very long time. She knew Sean. She knows like she's known me for a very long time. And so I was relaying this to her and I was like, I just, I don't feel like I want to do the frog thing. Like I'd rather just create space that the next person who's meant to come into my life is there. And she literally looked at me and she goes, well, frogs don't have teeth. I think you've checked that box. Stop it. God, We both started laughing, like hysterically laughing in the middle of this coffee shop. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so insanely perfect. And again, you guys, I want, I want to make it clear. It was not a problem that this gentleman did not have teeth. It was the fact that he hid it and wasn't honest about it because I'm all about just being you. Be you to your true core. And if that is something about you, just give me a heads up. Just like I'd, I'm like, yeah, I have a mom bod and I come with gray hair. Like, And I also have a kid, so that's going to be my... <laughs> my priority, but it was hysterical, which I mean, she said it so quickly and I just started chuckling hysterically. (laughs) I was like, well then maybe my prince is around the corner. And OMG, that is so funny because, um, because Alexandra took the leap and got back onto the dating sites, I was like, okay, I can too. And through that, I started conversing with a person. And given what happened to me, was it last year or two years ago now? I don't know, but I'm kind of shy about it because it's like almost three years. No, two years. No, it's, a, it's two years. Almost two years. You're no, right. this will be two years. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I like started talking to this person or thing. I don't even know what I was talking to now, it's a, but it was a person. I don't know. Maybe knowing now, I don't know, but I like had these great, I thought great conversations with what I thought was a human being. And, um, I 
I put a lot of stock and definition into that term human being. And so I thought I was speaking to a human. We were relating on whatever level. And then after some really deep conversations, all of a sudden I was ghosted. And if that's ever happened to you, no, you are not alone. (laughs) So it was really jarring. And um, I, I know that like I have ghosted people like superficially on these social dating sites, like in the first thing, like if you just don't feel that click and I've, I've reached out to people like what's appropriate ghosting. Like if you're like, oof, like this dude just reached out and was like, Hey, beautiful. How are you? And that's how I take when a person says that. And I, that <laughs> I is such that intonation. Yes. That is such a turnoff to me. Like, how are you doing? Beautiful. And I'm like, wow, uh, be like, there are so many other ways in which I wish a person would reach out to me. And so I don't respond well to that or don't respond at all, which is a form of ghosting. However, when I have engaged for two months on a daily basis with what I think is a human being, and then all of a sudden am dropped like a hot potato, I have no explanation, no nothing. I don't hear from this person. And because of that connection, there's like an emotional connection that happens. And no, you've never met this person face to face, but you've moved into like pen pal stuff and like shared a lot of deep stuff with a person and for them to just to drop you is kind of let's say traumatic on some sort of it's level. It's hurtful. It's absolutely hurtful. Definitely hurtful. So I'm a little shy about now that like I started a conversation or this person and I have started a conversation and it's going well. I think this person is really funny. I totally forget why I brought that up. Well, I think it's fair to say that it's important to I think it's amazing that you're willing to share that with our audience. I think it's also good to share with other people who might be in their 40s trying to date because that can be harder. And both Anna and I are very clear that it would be great if we could meet someone organically, but that's not always the option, right? Like, I think also opening yourself, I feel like it's a, I don't know, a give and take sometimes with the universe of saying like, this is what this is the kind of person that I want to bring into my life. And here is something, here's a step or action I'm going to take to show you I'm serious. And so that action may be putting yourself on to online dating sites, which are hard. They just are. And there can be expectations. And, and it, I will say that I agree with you that sometimes it's hard when people like, so on and I are a little different. We've talked about this because I am definitely like, forget the messaging back and forth. Like, let's just meet face to face. I'm going to get so much more from your energy. I'm going to get so much more from seeing you. (laughs) Hence why this other dude and I just met very quickly. And I was like, clearly this is a no. Like I knew he was a no from the time he walked in, but I didn't feel that it was appropriate to just walk out on him. So we sat for an hour, but I think, you know, for honest, sometimes, you know, and you've said like, you want to be asked out, like you need to be invited to go someplace. And there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. There's nothing wrong with that. No, because human design, I am a projector and we have talked about human design before. We've had a guest speaker on the show, Allison, about human design and I need to be invited. So, I mean, that's not just like woo woo people. Like I really feel like universally that is the thing. No, I would agree with that, that there's a, a point to you needing to be invited to go for that, for you to be able to share your greatness with other people. And I know that does sound woo-woo, but, but truly people won't be able to see Anna's amazing 
um, characteristics and her traits unless they ask to see it. And so I totally get that. But I mean, whether or not you remember why you brought it up, I think it's amazing that you're willing to share with everyone your journey because this has been such a journey and the amount of healing that you had to go through after your divorce in order to say like, I, you have demonstrated several times, like, okay, I'm going to be open. And some of the experience I feel like are tests to say like, how open are you? And then you've gotten some pretty crazy responses to how open you are. And then you're like, not that open. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'll let you like run through kind of the highlights for everyone. Cause I don't think we've really gone through it on our podcast, but it's true that it's like, no, no, no. Then clearly I'm not that open. Cause I don't want to deal with this kind of stuff. I don't know why you're trying to make me cry, but I oh. did remember, <laughs> but I did remember why I was bringing that up in the first place. And then I'm going to come back to microwave and what that means in a dream. But I was thinking about like how, um, you know, I, and y- y'all like, we're really not trying to make fun of this dude who doesn't have any teeth. There were obviously some other things that were in the way of this pair becoming something like it just wasn't in the works. And I really think it was Sean being like, okay, here's your first dip your toes in, dip out. Now we'll see what else is coming up. But anyway, for, for me, what happened was this gentleman also isn't smiling in his pictures. And I was like, Oh, and so I was trying to be funny in like saying like, Oh, my sister had this experience and um, it's okay if you don't have teeth. I would just really like to know. And he's smiling in his pictures. He's just not showing his teeth. Like, if you don't have teeth, that's totally okay. Well, hold on. I just, <laughs> not, I would like to know ahead of time. It's not only if you don't have teeth. I think it's also like, it's okay to smile and not show your teeth. 100%. But I am, a, we have said over time that I'm a tooth and shoes girl. You are. And I'll say like, for me, it's, smile hands and arms mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes it's kind of funny that, that we come around to this but yes you are right yes and so I was like hey like it is after what my sister went through I was like oh like if is this person not showing their teeth because they don't have any and it's totally okay I would just like a heads up and dude ended up answering me back and it's totally like cool and like it's it's funny and like it It'll, it'll be fine. Um, but then what that did was open up the door for me to be also vulnerable. Is that a word? Did vulnerable. I say that? Yeah, I know. I kind of <laughs> slurred that because dude, get, like dude was vulnerable about what was going on for him. And so then it opened the door for me to be vulnerable and say like, man, like, I am not young. I have gray hair and I'm fluffier than I used to be. And if a person doesn't like me for those things, then they're not my person. And then end of story, I just move on. But I I can't get hung up on those things and the insecurities that come through this online dating shit. Like they, they seep through and I just have to, that is something that I'm working through just because as people have said, and as Alexandra and I have said, like, this is a numbers game and we just kind of have to play the game and figure it out as we go along. But I feel so much more comfortable being able to put my insecurities out on the table and then whatever happens, happens. I think that's amazing that you can get there because one, we all can still have those insecurities. Actually, my friend that I was just meeting with, and she had some like incredible breakthroughs in her own personal growth. And similarly, like her physical state has been up and down and she's been like, I've been stressing over it. And then her ability to ground in her worst, she was like, yeah, I'm going to continue working, but I'm not going to stress about it as much. 
And I feel like that is a huge, um, not leap, but um, what's the word? You know, words are really hard for me. You guys, Demonstration right of growth. There you go. We'll use that to, you know, and I think that's the whole point is to say like, I am willing to put myself out there. I'm also willing to recognize that these are things may still be hard for me. And also if someone cannot, um, meet me for who I am versus what I look like, then they're not the person for me and that's okay. And that shows the self-worth because now you're not trying to conform to someone else's ideal. And while I, I think any one of us is still trying to work on our own personal health, but we're working on it for ourselves, not for what someone else is trying to tell us we're supposed to work toward. Here, here, ding, 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 ding. Like, yes, <laughs> You're yes, welcome. and yes. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel for myself that that has been a huge area of growth and like I have to let go of some of these other worries or concerns that I've had and just accept like if like because on social media people write or not just social media, but the social dating sites like people when they're like putting out what they're looking for, say, say some of the most absurd things in superficial and it if for ladies, it can really attack um, our self-confidence, the, the, our self-worth and, and whatnot. And so I feel like if you're going to be in this game and play the numbers game, you really have to be solid in how you feel about yourself and um, just go like, man, like if you are going to have those issues about those things, you're not my person and that's okay. And I'm just going to swipe the other way and move on yeah. um, and still stay in the game because 100%. that's- that's apparently how things are supposed to go. And I'll just keep trying without feeling defeated. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think that shows in and of itself some growth because the idea is I'm here for my worth and you're not, as you said, I'm just repeating what she said. You're not my person and the right person is going to come through at the right time, which let me tell you guys can be so annoying. It's so annoying when you're like, I'm ready. And then universe is like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And then you finally go, okay, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> and the universe is like, okay, now you're ready because you've surrendered to that outcome. And I think so often in online dating, it's easy to get caught up in the outcome of like, how many likes am I going to get? How many, how many matches am I going to get? How many people am I going to be interact with? And then you interact with people and it's like, how many people is like, where is this going to go? And then it's just like, it is, it takes a lot of energy, which I know you and I have definitely talked about. But I think what it does is it demonstrates you're like willing to put in the effort and also you're willing to stay in your worth to say, I don't have to, again, words are falling, falling for me at this moment, but I don't have to take away any of the thing. Like you don't have to be arrogant about it and you don't have to come out of it from pain or anger. Like I don't need you. This isn't happening. But coming from a place of yeah, that's okay. Like I recognize that you need something else in your life right now and that's okay. Go and find that because I will find what's right for me. And there's a difference between that arrogant part and that self-worth part. And I love that you said the word surrender. I was just watching an episode, well, many episodes, Avi, because it's me, of <laughs> the show Alone. And oh, yes. <laughs> um, right, where these people go out in the wilderness. And there was um one episode with this um woman, and she's out there and she's a 
freaking rock star and she's doing it and she's out there for a long time. And she was like, I was like holding on to this idea of winning. And once I let go, I realized like I felt full in what I had accomplished and where I am. And, and like, I felt full in myself and my capabilities. And I did not need this thing in order to say that I am complete. Like that surrender yes. is so important. And I think that that happens so often in our lives so that we get so like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm tightening my fists as I'm clenching <laughs> yes. my fists as I, as I'm trying to like physically explain that we get so tight about an idea. We hold on so fast. And it's like, once we surrender, as some people say, let go, let God, like once you let go and just sit into it and enjoy the ride, then the right things come your way. hundred percent. And I say this too, um, with the business group I'm in with my business coach, I'm like, when you're aligned with what your messages or what you're doing, the rest will follow, but it's really hard to surrender and go, but when, and how, <laughs> and it's true. Like, um, like I've told you guys, I have been ready to bail on some of what I'm doing. And then I go, but no, it's really important. I get this message out to people and you're so right when it comes to whether it's dating, whether it's business, whatever you choose to do in your life, that when you are so aligned with what you're doing and you are able to let go of the outcome of it and know that you are okay no matter what that outcome is, which is hard, right? Because we deal with failure. We, we deal with fear of failure. We deal with fear of success. We deal with failure of, of or fear of whatever is coming our way. For me, I've had a lot of it with um, like a lot of my triggers end up coming around money or the safety and security, obviously, of my house. <laughs> we talk about dreams. But when you can surrender all that and say like when you are truly in your purpose, which in my opinion is when you're truly in your self-worth, then the rest will follow. And it's it's almost amazing how it just kind of follows because you're like, I am less concerned about how other people view what that success is supposed to look like. And I recently had someone who was like, all you need is one person to get the message of your book, which is really hard for me because I'm like, no, no, I want this to be like my main thing. But it's true. She was like the one as soon as one person gets a message of your book, you know, you've had success. And I was like, of course I agree with you. And I've already had one person have, get the like get the messaging of my book. And I was like, okay, then the rest is, is cool. And whatever comes my way, like whatever opportunities come my way will just come, which I have to work my, <clears throat> I have to work myself through that. But it's true. Cause then I can say like, prior to publishing this book and it dropping, like it's already worked. And so I think it's so cool that with dating for you, that you found that where you're like, yeah, my success is that I'm, I am grounded in who I am and the right person will come at the right time. Amen. 100%. And I have to tell you, like, as I, as I am relating, um, to your story about one person in that story, that is what someone told me, like in my internship as a school counselor, someone was like, we're not looking to change the world. We're not looking to like impact the entire population because that is impossible. We are not for everybody, but if you can impact this one kid, then that's amazing. Like think about that and don't just dismiss that. Now, as I have grown throughout my career, that's the, my expectations for myself have grown and I've been like, well, is one enough? And then to know like one is enough. Like you have changed the world 
by impacting this one person's perspective or you have supported them or shown them love or whatever. And it's, it's this funny thing about us, our, ourselves that we need to know that we are in, first of all, we're just enough. But the fact that something that you did impacted this one person in this positive way for all of eternity is pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, here, here. So keep us posted when you guys go on a date. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that's so funny. Can I get back to microwave before I do the joke? Oh, we are. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, we just took the biggest tangent. Yes, we're running out of time. Okay, do the microwave. Okay. To see a microwave in your dream <laughs> represents. Here I am only focusing on the numerology. Of course not. There has to be an interpretation for the microwave. Of course. And under microwave is midget, and they say, please refer to little person. So they don't even oh, do that. And under that is midnight. But we're going to focus on microwave. To see a microwave in your dream represents your quick thinking and quick action. So you had that thrice fold, let me just say. Thrice. Mm -hmm. You need to consider new and better way of doing things. Thrice fold. Shocking, you guys. I'm constantly trying to figure out a way to be more efficient. This is not applicable to you, but the it goes on to say under microwave, to dream that you are cleaning the microwaves. <laughs> you're, we aren't cleaning them, but to dream that you are cleaning the microwave suggests that you need to clear your mind and free yourself of certain emotions that are weighing you down. Alternatively, the dream may mean that it is time to make some dietary changes in your waking <laughs> life. Oh my goodness. Do we talk about body image and weight and dietary shifts, you guys? So there that to is. To be continued, I'll let you know what changes I make. It's time for the STW joke of the day. But before we get to that, how are you not alone, Anna? Oh my God. I'm so <laughs> on the spot here. Okay. This is going to be cheesy because it's on the spot and I just it just came to me as I was looking at this gnome figure that like I got Alexander this gnome thing that goes over wine bottles and and it's just super cute. But if you happen to like just get so jazzed and warm and cozy about the holidays, you're not alone. Oh, that's a good one. Or decorate early. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I started watching Harry Potter already. Oh, did you really? Yes. It, my annual Harry Potter. November. Thumb. It's November. And that's when we start watching Harry Potter. Yep. I will say this for the ladies out there and maybe the men. I don't know. Maybe some men do this. If you like to use two towels when you get out of the shower. I do. You are not alone. Not alone. Not alone. No, I have to have, I like, when I, when I, I just did this, I was sharing a hotel room with a friend of mine and I like always have to go in. It's like kind of not awesome, but cause I feel bad about it, but I like have to count towels and then I'm like, I hope the other person only needs one because I need two. So if there are three <laughs> towels, like that breadstick thing, like how many ever people are at the table, they'll give you one extra breadstick. If like there, how many ever people there are, they give you one extra big towel. And I'm like, I need two of those. So I really hope you only need one. <laughs> or you just call for more. You know, that's also possible. But I also like that they're just there. Absolutely. I agree. And your STW joke of the day. What do you got for us, Anna? Sean T, I've been thinking about you lately. And this one is for you. And also because we were talking about clowns the last episode. Oh, true. And this would have been amazing to talk about then. And I didn't. I went awry. So here's a clown joke for you. Oh, boy. Why should you hold the door open for a clown? I don't know why. It's a nice gesture. No, 
that <laughs> she can't help herself chuckling right now. No, because the answer is it's a nice gesture. <laughs> okay, you guys, I'm going to let you ruminate on that. It was so much fun to share my dreams with you. Please do not judge too much. Share us. We're definitely trying to get the word out about the Russian sisters. You've been amazing. We love you. Share us. Reach out to us at the Russian sisters at gmail.com and we will chat with you soon. Y'all, we love you. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Russian sisters. To connect with them, go to the Russian sisters.com. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.